Hey, welcome to Teb's Talks, the Prometheus podcast. If you want to check out more of the things I do, head to jasontebs.com. What is up, everybody? It is Teb's Talks, the premier useless podcast. I am your host, as always, Jason Tebbs. And I want you to think for just a minute. Close your eyes, unless you're driving, then keep your eyes on the road. But just imagine that you are in a situation where you need to be to a job interview. And your spouse has already taken one car, and they're already in the city. Uh, that's maybe a 35-minute drive away. And you have this interview in, say, half hour. It's a 15-minute drive. You want to be ready. You want to be uh, ahead of schedule. So you go out to your car, and it doesn't start. At that point, how are you getting to that job interview? Now, depending on where you live, you might have some options. Some people might say, well, I can take the bus. Some people might say, well, I'll grab an Uber. Some people might say, well, I'll um, ride my bike. I'll ask my neighbor, whatever it might be. Some people might say, oh, I have a third car. I'll take my third car. But not everybody has all of those options. Now, let's take my specific situation. I have a car and my wife has a car. So technically, I mean, we don't really designate this one's mine. This one's yours. But we have two cars. And I work all the way in the city, 40 minutes away. If traffic's bad, it's an hour. I work far away. And say my wife had to get my kid to a doctor's appointment, just a simple checkup, and she goes out to the parking lot and the car won't start. So the car she was planning on taking won't start and I have the other car 40 minutes away. Now where I live, there's no bus. Where I live, there's no Ubers. Where I live, there is no chance that she could get on a bike and get to where to our, where our pediatrician is. Is it within a bikeable distance? Sure, but one, one, she doesn't own a bike. Two, she doesn't own anything to strap Liam into that bike. Uh, and three, the, the route you have to go to get there is on freaking Redwood Road, and no one wants to ride a bike on Redwood Road. If you live in Utah, you'll know that road. If you don't, just think of a freaking four to six lane road where people are going 50 plus miles an hour through some parts of it. A lot of traffic, not bike or pedestrian friendly in the slightest. So at that point, it's like, okay, it's it's a regular pediatric checkup. She can reschedule. They might fine us $50 for, you know, doing a same day cancellation because that's that's what places do. They'll fine you if you cancel same day, which okay, whatever. But the big problem is is we don't have many other options. And at the end of the day, giving people options, I think is the best choice. I think it is the better idea if we allow people the choice to use public transit or ride a bike. Again, if you live in the Salt Lake Valley, let's say you live in the heart of Salt Lake, you have that. And you have enough things around you where you could you could ride a bike or even walk to a lot of places. And you have a populous city, so you can Uber. You know, if you're in a real crunch, you can Uber. But most people don't have all those different options. And how we move through society matters. How we move through society matters. 
Now, if I'm going to take a... Now, anybody that's a Republican out there, you might you might get upset about what I'm about to say next. You might, you might start thinking that I'm about to spew a bunch of liberal bullshit. But here we go, okay? I don't see how anybody in their right mind drives during rush hour and is stuck on the freeway and is stuck on the expressway and is stuck on the parkway and is stuck on boulevard and is stuck on road and is stuck on this, that, and the other and says, you know what we need? We need more of this. We need, we need one more lane that'll just add that many more cars. That's what we need. Because just the experience alone is miserable. Now, I don't think people realize how expensive the miles and miles and miles of roadways are. I don't think people fully realize that the amount of money the government is pouring into roads. I don't think people realize how expensive it is. I've talked about it before. I'll talk about it again. It is so expensive, so expensive to maintain and to build and to use roads and on-street parking and parking garages, like all those different things. Now, if we can replace some of that spending with public transit that is cheaper, maybe the taxes that certain people all scream and yell about, Maybe you won't spend as much. I don't know. But to get in a very liberal point of view, the environmental effects that all of those roads have, astronomical. We are driving around in probably the least efficient manner possible. And I don't care if you believe in climate change or not, whatever. But if that argument isn't going to get you, maybe the bottom dollar that people spend on vehicles will because I did the math for myself and let me let me do the math again real quick just to just to solidify it right and this is just like super quick napkin math and I'm definitely leaving out a lot of stuff but I I have a car payment on one of my cars 250 a month insurance covering both of our cars 140 gas if I fill up let's say both cars once a month which more than likely I'm doing more than that. I said $140 a month in gas. And then registration for one car was $150 this year. Registration for the other car was like $75 this year. I can't remember how much it was. But my annual cost is $6,585. So about $6,600. And that's a lowball estimate because I this year bought, well, actually as a Christmas parent's, uh, our Christmas present, my parents bought new cars for one of our new tires for one of our cars, but the other car I bought new tires and then just general maintenance. You know, sometimes you gotta go get it fixed. Sometimes you gotta get something looked at and, and that amount adds up and then the risk of it all. Now, you know, insurance is paying for that risk, right? But the risk that driving a car is like the most dangerous form of transportation possible and I, I don't see how anyone thinks that's worth it. So, you know, if, if that alone doesn't tell you that there's something wrong, that we are spending so much of our hard-earned money on these contraptions that frankly keep people poor and are incredibly inefficient and are incredibly dangerous, like just looking at the stats of the, the amount of deaths per, you know, how, how do you say this? The amount of deaths per person transported 
cars are number one by a landslide and and electric cars aren't going to solve the problem and automatic driving cars you know autonomous driving cars aren't going to solve the problem back in the day i used to think that i used to think yeah, electric electric cars will solve a lot of of the issues we have you know autonomous driving vehicles are going to solve a lot of the issues we have and even before then you know i, I was team car I, I loved driving. I loved having a car. I loved the, the idea of freedom. But then as I've gotten older, I've realized, oh my gosh, no form of, of single person transportation is going to solve the problem. We had the answer years and years ago. Trains, trolleys, trams, metros. Those are the answers. That's how we're going to solve all these issues that we're facing. But certain industries, General Motors, lobby so hard to keep the car as the central point of how we move about our societies. The, there's this idea in America that you gain so much freedom when you get your license. And that's honestly so robbing of a kid's development. They, they can't feel free until they're 16 and they have a license and they have to pay for all this gas and they have to pay for insane insurance premiums because insuring a 16-year-old's asinine and gas is just going up and up and up and up and it, it's killing our environment. Why does a why does a kid have to wait until the age of 16 to feel any sort of freedom? Imagine if imagine if you have five kids or three kids or two kids. Imagine you have two kids and one kid has soccer practice on one end of town and the other kid has soccer practice or basketball practice or baseball practice on the other end of town and they start at the same time. So you got to draw you got to get them both in the car and you either got two cars going to two destinations or you got one car going across town. It's rough. But imagine if you had a, a an efficient public transportation system or a nice biking network where the older of the two kids, say they're a teenager, say they're 13, right? 13 and they got baseball practice down at the, down at the high school. Maybe it's a 10-minute bike ride, but on the way there, they have completely protected bike lanes. Cool. Get them on that bike. Or they can just hop on the bus and the bus will take them to the public park and that's a that's a five minute ride. And and they get to baseball and the younger of the two, maybe maybe you're not feeling that they're ready for the bus, so you drive them to their practice. Or heck, maybe you do trust them a little bit and you say, Hey, this this is how you use a public transport. Maybe I'll go with you this time, or I'll go with you a couple times, and then you can have the freedom that when you have practice you can get there safely and efficiently because you understand this system. Or, you know, my elementary school, I went to a charter school, so it was, it was down the way. But, you know, the local one was just like in my neighborhood. So I could bike there pretty easily. But even then, if you look at elementary schools, the, the pickup line full of cars lasts like an hour long. Why aren't those kids hopping on bikes and biking home? Why aren't those kids hopping on the local bus and bussing home? When I drove a bus... Up in Cache County, if I was driving when school got out, the whole bus system was free. I would have loads of even elementary age kids hop on the bus and they would all be chit-chatting and they would all get off at their respective stops and they all knew how to use the bus system and it was it was magical. Now, I, I have my own qualms about the, the Cache County bus transit system. I think it could be a little more efficient, but it, it was free and it was utilized. It was used. And all those kids had that little bit of freedom, a little sense of freedom. 
that they could get around and they could get themselves to school and, and, and back from school. How we move around our society matters. How we move around our society matters. And I have, I have in-laws. My brother-in-law, so my sister's husband, huge car guy. My other brother-in-law, my wife's brother, huge car guy. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a car guy. Because at the end of the day, I'm not saying we take away the option to drive. I'm saying we add better options for more people. Add more buses, add more trains, add more metro, add more trolleys, add more rail cars, add more street cars, add more bus rapid transit, an actual true bus rapid transit. Because there's no point in having a bus if it gets stuck in the same traffic. That was one of my qualms with the Cache County bus system is the bus would get stuck in the same traffic the cars were getting stuck in. Bus rapid transit. If you want to see a small glimpse into partial bus rapid transit uh, in Provo, they have on University Parkway, the center lane, only for buses. So that's a dedicated lane, and the buses have their own signals at a lot of the intersections. That's a bus rapid transit. Now, in order to qualify, I learned from my civil engineering friend who actually worked in positions that dealt specifically with this sort of stuff, you have to have at least 50% of your route routing designated as bus rapid transit. And I'm like, that we need to bump that number up because they get, I guess, special grants if at least 50%. But 50% isn't enough. We need more. How we get through our society, how we move through our society matters. And we need to start bringing the option to more people to get through our society in a more freeing and more efficient manner. Because look, if you, if you still want to be a car person, imagine how much better your commute is if we have a lot less people on those roads. Whoa. Imagine that. Imagine if we did something that actually reduced traffic. Wow. How great would that be for you? How great would that be for you? Now, going back to like my napkin math, I did it a little more extensively a bit ago. And after all was said and done, it would be cheaper for me and my family to get full UTA, full UTA passes for a year. And it's like 176 bucks a person per month. I mean, my kid would be cheaper because he's younger, but it'd be cheaper for us to have full, and that, that allows us to do all of UTA's transit. So that'd be front runner stuff. That would be the, the light rail stuff. That would be the buses, all of it. All of it would be available to us, unlimited. Now, I don't think, at least with our current transportation habits, I don't think we would need to pay for an unlimited, but the option is there because at the end of the day, it, it, it either equaled the same for the three of us or it was like cheaper for the three of us. It definitely wasn't more expensive. Now, imagine when my kid is 16, it will for sure be cheaper. And you might be saying, Jason, the bus isn't efficient. The train, it's not efficient. That's because we're spending so much of our money trying to make these cars efficient. And we're losing the battle because it's an, it's a, it's an unwinnable battle. It doesn't scale. Cars don't scale. Trains scale. Bus rapid transit, that scales. That scales so incredibly well. And yeah, it's a large upfront investment. But over the long run, way cheaper. It is so expensive to maintain these roads. So just think of think of that dire situation. Think, okay, how many cars do I have? You know, some people might have a bunch. And if one goes down, whatever. They got five in their backup inventory. Some families have one car because that's just all they can afford. Okay, my one car breaks down. How am I getting 
where I need to go. If you have, if you don't immediately have another option in mind, if you, if you can't immediately say, I have this option in mind, I know exactly how to do it. I feel comfortable doing it. And Uber is kind of a cheat. I'll let you use, I'll let you have Uber as one of your options, but Uber is kind of cheating. If you can't instantly think, ah, yep, this is how I'll do it. And sure, I might be like a little late, but you know, we'll get there in the end. If it's not immediately coming to the top of your head, then your local area has honestly failed you. They've failed you. And I need to do better than this. I need to voice my opinion. Now I've, I've done some surveys for my local city and I've, I've voiced my opinion that way, but I, I need to, and I want to go to more like city council meetings and talk to these people that are in charge and just say, Hey, it's great that we have a bunch of recreational trails. That's fun. I use them. My family uses them. We use them on walks. But what about like you utility trails, like these recreational trails, where are they going? Where can I get to? And then beyond that, Where's our public transportation? Because one bus to our city that takes us to a train station once a day, not enough. Just just think about, and maybe you're in a maybe you're in a great situation, because I'll be honest, my listeners are primarily my family. And my family are doing pretty well for themselves, for the most part. They're doing pretty well for themselves. And a lot of them work from home. So, you know, that's that's fantastic. That being an option, I think that's the best option. But think of your neighbor. Because let me tell you, I live in a fairly cheap area comparatively, and I'm lucky enough to be doing as well as I'm doing where I have two cars and I work from home and, you know, my wife doesn't really have to go anywhere so we can make it work. But I know, I know for a fact, not everybody living in these complexes has that option and your next door neighbor might not have that option. And the person down the street might not have that option. We need choices. Anyway, this, this whole rant came because I was, I was driving a friend's giving and just experiencing the the driving and you know being caught up in traffic and we drove for thanksgiving i i just i just got so sick of driving over the last weekend so sick of it i would do so many things to get a high speed train from the greater salt lake area to the greater las vegas area i would do so many things i'm so sick of driving that and I don't think flying's quite worth it. But if oh, if there was a high-speed train, get me on that. Three hours. I've I've done some math. About three hours to get from Salt Lake to Las Vegas. Where one, I don't have to sit in an airport and go through security. Or two, I don't have to sit in my car and pay attention to the road and be stuck in one position as I drive six hours. Because. If, if you're flying, you got to get to the airport early. You got to go through security. Then you got to get on and da, 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 and then you can't. You're so cramped. You're so cramped on those planes. Trains offer you a little more freedom and you can get up and you can move a little bit. And I feel like you have a little more room in your seats. At least all the trains I've been on. Get me a train between those two cities. So how, how do you move through your society? And if your first option was taken off the table... How screwed are you? Because for a lot of people, if their first option's off the table, they almost go to no options at that point. Anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of Teb's Talks. Go ahead, like, favorite, share, follow, rate, subscribe, whatever you do on your respective platform. Check out my website, jasontebs.com. I did a blog post yesterday uh, talking about my friends and how I want to be friends with them forever. Um, uh, you know, just, just check out ev- everything I do there. Um, and... 
thank, thanks so much for listening. Uh, love that you listen. Love that you're here this far into the episode. And it really means a lot to me. So I will catch you next time. This has been Tab Sucks, the premier useless podcast with your host, Jason Tebbs. Peace out. <laughs>